0: Oh, okay, good evening, we're ready. Uh, it is 8.40. We're learning tonight Masecheh as And we're starting in the middle of Davzayin, right about halfway down. It starts at the beginning of the line, Dekule Alma. Over the last half of an amud, we have been discussing the halachos of um, whether or not to make a bracha that says Le or Al. Le va'er hamet or Al bi'or hamet. The Gemara just concluded uh, in the previous line, the Hilchasah, and the way that we, of course, pass is that we make a bracha of Al bi'or hamet. Um, and uh, the reason why we're allowed to be lenient is because there are some understandings in the Amorim that the words of Albi or Hametz could still be forward-looking. So here, the Gemara takes a jump off of this topic into a general discussion about the brachos that we make by mitzvos. This is an idea that um, I think Ari raised on Shabbos. And the idea is as follows. Halfway down, Zion To kule alma miha, everyone agrees, ikara ba'inan livruche. The bracha is always made first before we do the maseh. This we know, right? We're, we're told, for example, to hold our talus up over our shoulders, make the bracha, and then over our head, around our shoulders, in atifas yishwem. We don't put on the talus first. First, we make a bracha, and then we, and that's the, that's the appropriate way to do it. So we're going to learn some of the actual sources of this. It says the Gemara, minallah. How do we know that that's true? That that first we have to make a bracha before we do the mitzvah. Halfway down, zayinum and Mepes. Rabbi Yehuda says in the name of Shmuel, all mitzvos, we make the bracha over la'asyasa. We can already probably just off the cuff, think of exceptions. We know that Friday night candles, for example, women would light the candles first. And then cover their eyes and make the bracha. And then when they reveal their eyes, they're being megala. Now they're getting hanah from the lights. Now they're getting hana from the candle. That's an exception to the rule. Uh, But we'll see some other exceptions in the Gemara as well. But first, let's get to the sources as to how Shmuel knew this. How did Shmuel know that all brachos are supposed to be prior to the mitzvah itself? My mashma te over how do we know that shmuel's language of over is a lashon of before how do we know that so we'll see a number of psukim that used the language of over each one uh, was used in its own context I mean before so it says the Gemara Amar Rav Nachman Raitzakta Amar K'rov Vayoratz Achimot Zerach Achikar Ya Avor Sakuishi, and he went in front of, namely before. That's one proof that we know that brachos are before the word over La Laasiasan means before the bracha first. Abayam or Mehachav over lived Nehem. A different pasuk that speaks that that was by uh, I think that's by Yaakov. That's when uh, yeah when Yaakov met, went to go see Esav. V'baysem um, and Mehachav Vaya Avor. The Pasuk says, here so it means in front of. So the Gemara brings three text proofs as to how we know that we have to make brachos over Las yosem. Then the Gemara says a fascinating line. Be-Rav Rav says, just interesting to note that Rav and Shmuel were contemporaries and they argued a lot. They had a lot of machlokos together. What did Rav say? Shmuel's right, but with two exceptions. Chutz min the shofar except for mikvah and for shofar. Now, Rashi and Tosfos here debate what type of mikveh we're talking about here. But before we even get there, let's go to the what the Gemara thinks is Pasha. The Gemara says as follows. Bishlama Tvila, I understand, says the Gemara, questioning Rav. Rav says the exceptions to the rule are Tvila and Shofar. Namely, Rav assumes the bracha by Tvila and Shofar go after the act. Oh, after Shofar, you make a bracha? After Tvila? After Tvila, we know. When a woman goes to the mikvah, she's in the water, she makes a bracha, and then she finishes going in the water. That's true. But says the Gemara here, t'vila, I could understand when it comes to t'vila. Lo chazi. The person is not yet chazi. He's not yet fit to make a bracha. What scenario are we talking about? Take a look at Tosvos, a few inches above where we are. Tosvos writes, Omer b'shem agon. He quotes a gon, and he says, Dafka ger. Specifically, we're talking about someone who's going through a conversion process. Before he goes under the water, he's a vitzivanu. He can't say the words, that's not allowed. You're a going You're not allowed to say the vitzivanu, So you can't make the Bracha. akati nachrihu. However, says Tosos in the name of the Rabbeinu Hananel, that if a person were to be a valkeri and they were going to the mikvah for those purposes, so then they could make the bracha before. Now, of course, this is going back to a time when people made a bracha for being a valkeri. Nowadays, men don't make a bracha when they go to the mikvah, even for valkeri, because this was Tachonus Ezra. We learned about this in Moseche Shabbos. Tachonus Ezra was a Takana, where Ezra said that a person could not learn Torah or Davin if they have seen Zerah, if they've emitted any Zerah, and they had to go to the mikveh first. And there was a mitzvah to do so, so they would make a bracha. So Tosfa says, by that, we assume that you are a We assume that you are worthy to make a bracha, even though you're a balkari. So you make a bracha before you go in the water. But take a look at Rashi. Because Rashi understands this case the exact opposite of Tosos. Rashi's about halfway down in the Rashi's. What does he say? The example is Tosos said the example was a gear. What does Rashi say? <laughs> he says exactly the opposite of Tosos. Tosos said a Balkari is allowed to make a bracha. Rashi says, You're not allowed to make a bracha. The Zaira of. Uh, the takana of um, of takanas Ezra that a person who's a bal if they've seen any zera that they have to go to the mikveh, Rashi says that pshat and that is even to go to the mikvah, you can't make a bracha before you get under the water not allowed so big machlokas in regards to how we understand the tvi las keri it doesn't make a difference nowadays because that's been retracted that was one of the zera shein in lamodba that was one of the examples of zera that was too difficult to place on the people and we're not talking about a generation. You know we are we're, we're, we're part of the Yeridas Hadoros. We're talking about a great generation who had Ezra as their leader. Uh, even in that generation, they canceled this takan. It was too difficult to maintain. Either way, the Gemara says either according to is talking about a gear or Rashi talking about a balkiri. Bishlamatvila. That person is not chazi. Ela shofar my I understand why Rob would say that you that the case of the gear, He okay. I got it. I understand. But the case of the shofar. Why would you not make the bracha before? Now vechi if you want to say mishum dilma mikalkel maybe the baltokei is going to do a terrible job. He won't be able to get the sounds out. So we have like a suffig bracha, and therefore maybe we should only make the bracha after a certain number of kolos. Says the gemara. If that's true, there's plenty of mitzvos where we should be concerned about kilkul. Number one, ihiachi yafidu and as well umila nami. Maybe by Shrita, you won't cut the rov of veveshet. You won't cut enough to make the animal animal kasher. Your bracha is a bracha Maybe my, by Mila, you won't remove enough skin. And if you don't remove enough skin, then the baby is still an RL and he needs another bris. It's, you have to make a new bracha levatala, right? If the baby, I just saw, I did a circumcision for a family recently, and they said, can you check our older child, uh, a child that I did not circumcise? he looked totally like an RL, like nothing had happened at all. He wasn't Jewish, so he didn't need a procedure. But halachically speaking, had he been a Yid, it could be an Aurel. He, he hasn't had a bris yet. So maybe we should say, what's your concern about the t'kios? Maybe the the Baltokea is going to just not be able to be tokeah. But if that's true, then Shechita and Mila are other examples we should have been concerned about, Kilkel. So clearly we know that's not the case. Ella, Amar of Chiza, corrects the statement of Rab. Really, it's chutz min hatfila bilvad itmar. We're only excluding tevilah. That's the only exception to the rule codified here in the, in the Gemara by Rab. Tanya Hachi Brahsa to support this idea, Taval the Allah. Person goes into the mikvah and comes out of the mikvah beautiful raya rab that we see that that's the exception to the rule that when a person is going into the mikvah they cannot yet make a bracha they're not chazi to make a bracha again Rashi do we say it's because he's a ger or do we say even if it's because he's a valkeri according to rashi either way tsvila is the exception and not the rule why doesn't the gemara here speak about uh, by uh, a woman by a valkas neros that's a great question okay uh two dots we're about uh, three-fourths of the way down about 15 20 lines from the bottom of the page up until now, we've been focusing pretty much on Orla, our boss, our bodkin uh, And now we're getting to the next word, the Orhaner. What does it mean, the Orhaner? What are the Mari for that? So it says the like, Gemara, Orhaner, How do you know? What are the Mari Makomos to support our Mishnah that says that when you do B'dikas on the night of the 14th of Nisan, that you have to use a candle? Rav Chizda says, we have a long string of Mari Makomos to, to learn from. Lamad we learned one Pasuk had the word metzia, and so did another one. And in that second one, it had the word chipus, metzia mi chippus. And in the, that third Pasuk, it also had the word chipus, the mi, mi chippus, the mi minerus, mi chippus mineiros, mineiros mineiros. A whole string of connected words that will indicate to us kind of like a, a multi-layered, heckish, a multi-layered comparison where one Pasuk has the same word as another, um, and, and if Pasuk A ha- has A and B, and then Pasuk B has B, so that connects it, and then B and C, all right? You're connecting, chain- it's like a chain link fence here, so we're connecting everything. So now let's go through the Pesukim. There, we see the word yimatse. Then the next Pasuk, two lines before the, the middle with lines, with there's which is going to be the next one mi today, both in the same pasuk, they have and and that pasuk that we just read. The mineros, where do we see a pasuk that has the word chippus and naros to connect us to the previous pasuk? That's here in this pasuk, and we're going to spend some time focusing on this particular pasuk. This pasuk reads, um, and then v'neiros miner, the last connection from neiros, to get to the singular ner, which pasuk has that, t'chsiv, ner lukim nishmas adam kol kol baten. So there we see this multi-layered connection from word to word, from pasuk to pasuk, to make sure that we know this is the maremakum, according to the Gemara, as to how we know it's or haner. So this is a very sophisticated and complex maremakum, requires perish, which we don't have time for. But suffice it to say the Rav highlighting for us a, um, uh, some type of heckish. Uh, again, it, it's an uncommon form to learn from. Normally you would say it's exerushava, asya, this word from that word. Here it's multi-layered, requires research as to why it's so sophisticated. We'll see an example on the top of the page, maybe why why he did it this way. Uh, we're in the second of the middle with lines with another possible answer as to how we know. We have a um, we have a Tosefta. We have a Brisa, actually. We learned this earlier. The Brisa says in the name of Rabbi Yudaled that on the night of Yudaled that we check. This is a corollary to our Mishnah. It's not replacing our Mishnah, just an addition to our Mishnah, says the Gemara. And this is all part of the b'risa. This is a common phrase you'll see in the Gemara, that we have a proof, but it's not a strong proof. So even though it's not a slam dunk proof, but there's at least a mentioning here of swords that that's kind of hinting to the idea. How does that work out? What's the what's the zeicher ladavar? Says the Gemara. Shenem arshiv asiyam imzor loyimatzay. Pasuk number one, the Rabbi Shmuel quotes. Pasuk number two, vaomer by chapes by gadol heichel of akaton kila. Pasuk number two. That's another pasuk that speaks about chippus. Pasuk number three, vaomer by isayach chapes israelim baneiros. And pasuk number four, Hashem doesn't this sound a lot like the previous answer of Rav Chizda? Rav Chizda seemed to have been basing himself on the Tosefta. Why not quote the Tosefta? So, okay, we, got, we have to dig into the Rishonim here, which would be time-consuming, but Rav Chizda had a need to separate out from the brysa. But here, in, the, in this brysa of Rabbi about the Gemara is bothered. And we learned about this the other day. Whenever you have an answer, where it brings three, four, two, three, four pasukim, the Gemara is always going to ask why. If it doesn't, it should bother you. So here, the Gemara does its job. Four lines from the bottom. Zainam and Beis. Omer. Why do you keep adding extra? Just just say what we need to say. Hashem Good. Ner. Why? What's with all the psukim? So says the Gemara. It was really for an ancillary reason. What we were concerned about was a misunderstanding of the following pasuk. If you might have thought that hai b'esahi, when the pasuk says that pasuk speaks about this is a uh, Pasuk in Tzfanya. This is a Pasuk that talks about Hashem who's going to do a, a sweep of the city to see how we Jews are doing. So maybe Habamina, we might have thought, but this was a leniency, that Hashem is going to be lenient. What was Hashem going to say as he checks Yerushalayim? I'm not going to check Yerushalayim with a torch, a very, very bright light, which would show me as a homily all of the Averus of the Yiddin all of the big and small problems I'm gonna use a candle therefore yeah the candle will show me the big things but maybe I might have had a havamina that when you read this Pasuk that you assume, that the avuka was better than the ner. The avuka would shed more light. We'll learn later today why an avuka, why a torch doesn't shed more light. And we were concerned within Rebbe Yishmael that maybe we'd misunderstand the pasuk in Svanya. Therefore, tashma, ner Hashem nishma's adam. We had to add other psukim in order to make sure we understood that pasuk properly. Last Rashi on the page, jubba maschal tashma, May hai krat Al that with a candle, not with a torch. The candle's better the torch is worse, and we'll see why again on the amad Aleph on Chesed B'al, We'll see why that's true. That with a candle, you can see kol chadreivatan all of the hearts of the of the lay of all of the inner thinkings of the person, because that's what was happening. Like Hu said, "I'm going to look and see how Yerushalayim is. What am I going to use as my tool? A nair. I'm going to use a candle. Why not a torch? Because a nair it's better for to be Kul kol and that's why we had to add the extra psukim. Uh, was in a hard, was in a hard that was the the a That that's wrong. That's what Rashi mm-hmm. says. that Rashi speaks out your idea. Rashi, the second Rashi beforehand, Kulahu, five lines from the bottom. I would have thought that maybe or Finan Maybe we could we shouldn't have used this possibly this way. that that's not true, that it's a Nair, the Nair is ideal. The ne'er is the best and the, and the torch is not. And we're going to get into that right now because on the very last line of Zion, the Beis is presenting us with a tosefta. Historically speaking, the toseftas were organized a little bit after Yehuda Anasi. died in 220, so we can presume at around the year 200, give or take, that the, the Mishnais, as we know them, were being organized. A little bit later, Barka, Para and Levi organized the toseftas. So um, it's not that they didn't exist before then because they knew them all about Peh. And not all of them were codified because the Mishnah was the highest level. And then the Brises and Toseftas were considered a little bit less chashuv, both tremendously chashuv. All of them were chashuv, but they were a little bit less chashuv. So we're going to try and figure out how this all works within our Mishnah. But when we learn this Tosefta, we need to recognize it's a corollary to our Mishnah. Let's see what the, what the Tosefta says. Tani Bana, last line. In bodkin lolo or hachama, you cannot use sunlight to check um, to check for chametz. Below lola or Halavana, you cannot use moonlight. Below, we're going to get into this as well. You can't use a torch. Turning to the top of Chesmer Aleph. Why? We'll soon see the blessings of a candle. We'll see four answers as to why the Nair is better than the Avuka. And again, the Tosefta is still continuing. And again, here too, we don't have a slam dunk proof. That it has to be an error, but we have a zeicher l'davar. We have an idea that's kind of a remez. It says the Gemara Shiva Syam the omer by So we see that all of the approaches of Khizda, and this Tosefta all use the same Mara Makomos. But none of them are like a Raya Brura. They're all a zeicher l'davar. Nevertheless, it's certainly the case. Now the Gemara is going to analyze this Tosefta piece by piece. So, what did the Tosefta say? We're on the sixth line, seventh line. It says, Gemara, What's the case with the sunlight? Where is it that you restrict sunlight? You're standing in the middle of your field outside, the sun's beating down, says the Gemara. You don't need to do bdikas khamit in your chatzer. Why? The ravens, the birds. The birds are there, they're going to eat everything. You don't have to do bdikas khamit. totally pater. You do not, even if you have a meal out there, you don't have to worry about it. We have a din like this by Hilcho Shabbos. Fascinating halacha. Let's say that a person throws down chicken feed that's actually seeds that can grow on Shabbos. Is that the isser of planting? Oh, it depends how many birds you have. If you put out an amount of food, seeds that the birds could finish before three days, before the seeds would implant in the ground, that's not, that's just feeding your animals. That's mutter. But if it's too much that the birds can't feed that amount of food, then you just plant it on Chava or Doraisa. We have to make sure that the food, if you have a whole factory of bread and it's not edible in that time frame, of course it's going to be usher. But here, what are we talking about? In a regular chhatar, says Rava, we're talking about a case where the amount of food is Mibnesha Orban, ben they're going to eat everything. So again, when the Tosefta says that the bread's not that the sun cannot be used, what is he talking about? It can't be a chhatr. Because chutzner has birds, so that's not that's not the prohibition of the Tosefta. So says the Gemara, it must be ella beachadra. an achsadra, no PTSD. But this is an eruvin word. In eruvin, we spoke about these four poles with a top. It was kind of like a sheltered little space, like a gazebo. So says the Gemara, maybe we're not talking about a That's not what the Tosefta was forbidding because there's no there's no need to do dika there. Maybe it's an achsadra, but there. There's no restriction on sun. There, you don't even need a candle. Sunlight's totally fine. The light that's going to shine in is, is enough for bdika. Yes, you have to do bdika there. The birds can't see the food. It's covered. So it may not get eaten. So therefore, we have to do bdika. But you don't need a candle. You can use sunlight. So we're back to our question. Why is the Tosefta limiting sunlight? Answers the Gemara. We're talking about someone who has a, sun, who has a, uh, a sunroof in their house. So the sun is shining in, says the Gemara, still. What's the matias of the case? If it's directly under, if if you're going to be benefiting from the light of the sunlight, that's the achsadra. So it says the Gemara, Ella, it must be, let's in It can't be directly under the under the roof, can't be, because that's uh, then you can use the sunlight. Ella, let's in the sun comes down, but we're talking about checking to the sides, by the cabinets, in the spaces where it may be a little bit more difficult to find the chametz, if the sun's beating down straight on the Aruba, in that sunlight is motor, that's like the Achsadra. So what's the case of the Tosefta? Looking back at the bottom of Zion in we never would have thought this three minutes ago. It said, In boken lola or hachama. What was that talking about? Sun that goes into a house in the shade next to the sun. That's what the Tosefta was forbidding. Says the Gemara, wait a minute. The avuka, lo, moving on to another part of the Tosefta. You said an avuka can't be used? Really? We have, we have an agatata that seems to say that you can. We're learning from an agatata. Yes, we're learning from an Agadita, says the Gemara. Uh, what does the Pasuk mean when it says, The glowing of the light, The brightness is from your hands. That's, that's your strength. What does this Pasuk mean? How do we compare, hints the Pasuk, of it. how do we compare a tzaddik kaviachal to a Kaddish baruchu the way we make the comparison is simple bifne avuka. the ner is the lesser and of course kaviachal the avuka is the greater so what do we see from the hashkafa of the gemara we see when you compare a tzaddik kaviachal to a Kaddish baruchu it's ner to avuka the avuka is better than the ner so we see from this Gemara, which is clearly an Agadic reference, that we have to use this in a halachic lens. Just think about this. This is very uncommon, what we're seeing right now. We're asking a halachic question from an Agadita. We are saying that just like a tzaddik is comparable to a Kaddish Baruch Hu, ne'er to an avuka, therefore the tosefta here should allow for an avuka. The avuka is better. Not only that, continues the Gemara. Velmar Rava, avuka la'abdala, misveh minam Come on, the avuka is much better than a there. And we have two proofs for it. We have the, the agadic answer, and of course, we have the halachic answer. We know that we should use a torch. We should use, use a multi wick candle for Havdallah, says the Gemara. There's four reasons why the Tosefta forbids using an Avukan and prefers in there. Number one, Amar of Nachman Bar we're or one third of the way down to Avchasim Number one, Amar of Nachman Bar Yitzhak, Zeyachalachnis, O'Lehorn, Billy Stuckin. The Zeyenu Yachalachnis, O'Lehorn, O'Lehorn, O'Leh Stuckin. Says the Tosefta, Why is an avuka not allowed in the name of Rav Yitzhak? Because The candle you can bring close to in between the cabinet and the fridge. But a whole torch? No way. Too dangerous. That's number one. Number two. When you have a small candle in front of you, you can see beyond the candle and utilize the light. But when you have a torch in front of you, it's so bright you can't see beyond it. That's answer number two. Answer number three, Amar one of them induces fear. The torch can be scary, just a big flame. The high low ba'is and a candle. One wick, simple piece of cake, that's easy. There's no fear there. Answer number four, Ravina amar hai One of them draws up the the wax or the oil smoothly this is a language from a second shabbos also behind miktafi the other one is flickers a lot the torch flickers a lot so four answers going back to our question why does the so on the bottom of zainab bay say you're not allowed to use an avuka i we have two beautiful arguments against that the measure says that Sadak to akadosh baruch was near to an avuka and also by Abdullah, we prefer an avuka it says in four answers the four answers just listed here. That's why the Tosefta does not allow to use an avuka. Two dots halfway down. We said in our Mishnah, next part of our Mishnah, we said in any place where you don't bring in Chametz, call Makom, says the Gemara. Shein bo chametz, ain't zar, ain't zar so says the Gemara, we have a rule. We have a rule that anytime, basically, the Mishnah says call Makom, call anything, and whenever we're using the, wo- the word all, it always is intending to include something specific. We just don't always know what it is. So asks the Gemara, When our Mishnah uses this vast, all-inclusive language of Kol what is it coming to include? Our Mishnah is another Tosefta. And this Tosefta, we're going to spend some time on today as well. We already knocked off one Tosefta here. We're going to learn one more. So what does the Tosefta say here? If you have holes in your wall that are high off, off the ground and very low to the ground, Exempt from Gagha, chametz. would gaga a certain types of sloped roofs. The gaga migdal a tower roof, a very a, a steep roof. The refes habakar a place where there are animals. The lulin chicken coops. maspain, a place where there's going to be tevun, where there's going to be straw. The otsaros are places where they store wine. but otsaros shemen places where they store oil. Ain tzrich All of these notes ain tzrich Pretty fascinating because the end of our mishnah speaks about otsaros yaiin. Right in the Marte, if that's what it's talking about is wine. So the Gemara is bothered by that. We're gonna just remember this case. We spoke about uh, the Chore Beisel Yonim and we spoke about Ots and Ots Rosham. And this first sheet of the Tanakam and the we're gonna question soon. Sheet number two, halfway down, Rashbad yes? If you have a bed, I'll simplify the case for now because the rest is not relevant. If you have a bed that has space underneath it, I went to check on one of my kids last night, chips ahoy, open. In bed, mamish, a kezais, every bite, every bite. That's not just a reason to do b'dikas chametz, but it's also not good for bugs. So I'm like, please get that out of the room. But b'dikas chametz for sure, there's space under the bed. We're totally going to find food there, for sure. That's Rush Rashbagh. Rashbagh says that's a place where people put, put stuff. Therefore, it's three khabedika. End of the tosefta. Says the Gemara, or Minhu, we have two conflicting Tanaik sources. We have the tosefta that we just learned, and we have the following Tanaik source, or Minhu, we have the following brysa. Two lines before the wide lines. We share a property. There's a hole that goes between my uh, my yard wall into your yard wall. So it says the Gemara, what's the din? We each reach into the wall as far as we can. We take whatever Chomets is out. So it says the Gemara, that's the din, or whatever you can't reach. Let's say my arm's length is a foot and a half. So it's yours. So that's three feet, mine arm and yours. But it's a five foot thing. The middle two feet we can't reach it. just believe but You can do bital, no problem. First of the long lines are Rashba Gomer, Mitaha if you have a bed, and V'itzinva vanimsturum tahteha, you have some stuff neatly organized underneath. but there's still some space underneath. So there's two contradictions between the Tosefta we just learned and this new Brisa. It says the Gemara, kasha mita amita. First, Rashbag in the Tosefta said that you have to do Bikah under the bed. Then Rashbag said in the Brisa, you don't have to do Sira so number one. And also, kasha choron achoren. Also, the, the, the Tosefta started up by saying that when there's a, a, a space high on the wall, you don't have to check. If it's low on the wall, you don't have to check. Then the new Brisa says, you have to check for choron on the wall. I got to stick my arm until I get all as far in as I can. So, a double stira, So answers the Gemara as follows. Choren, Achorin. says the Gemara, kasha, mita, amita, kasha, choren, Achorin. A double question about mita, a stira in the Rashbagh, and in regards to the choren, a stira in the Tanakama, Answers the Gemara three lines in, on the wide lines, choren, choren, lo, kasha. There is no contradiction between the tosefta, which says that you do not have to do bdika, by the choren and the walls, by the holes that are high and low, um, whereas in the, the Brysa it says you do have to check. Hello, Kasha, why is it not a question? In the Tosefta, it said they were very high and very low. Those are the ones that are really not so usable. However, the next Brysa is talking about holes in the wall that are at a usable location. And therefore, it's more likely you would have had to put, you would have put Hametz there. And that's why we, there's no Machlokas there. The Brisa, the Tosefta is talking about the high and low locations that are not so usable. And the b'risa was talking about middle, middle height locations that are much more usable. What about mita amita? Says the There are two lokasha. Ha demidliya, ha Rashi here explains this. One is a little bit higher off the ground. It's a raised bed, a little bit more easy to use. And the other one's a little bit lower. Mita toi means lower to the ground. Good. Now, this Tosefta also listed a couple of other things which seem not to make sense with other b'risa's. Four lines down, wide lines. If you have a wine cellar, you don't have to do bdika First of all, we just know our mission is talking about that, so we for sure have to ask that question. But the Gemara doesn't even go there. We have an explicit Brysa that an otzer an of yayin does require bdika. Says the Gemara, why is it that one time in the Tosefta it says that otzer of yayin don't require bdika? Answers the Gemara, when it says that you do require bdika, that's because you're mistopek. You finished a bottle of wine. Oh, the chasum of a guest. Let me go back down into the cellar. I'm going to go get another good bottle of wine for you. And you have a piece of bread in your hand while you're walking. You're mistake. You're continuing the, the wine drinking from that cellar. Of course, you're going to have to abdika there. And in the other case, of course, the brisa that says that there's no obligation for abdika in a wine cellar. That's the person who doesn't have to go, who never goes down into the wine cellar. Fine, fine. You always have enough in your fridge. You never have to go downstairs. Then the room downstairs doesn't need checking. That's the difference between the brises. Says the gemari, Hachi nami, but people used to eat oil with bread all the time. They would be dipping it in olive oil. Some people still do that now. Add a little garlic powder, whatever it is. It's beautiful, a great dip. But says the Gemara, what about Shemen? People are with Shemin. People eat, eat food with Shemen all the time. Says the Gemara, you're right, but it's a different style of eating than wine. Shemen yesh kevalachila. Yayin ein kevalachila. You're going to bring out a bottle of olive oil on the table. You're not likely to finish it. But wine, you can knock off a bunch of bottles of wine in the same meal. So the Gemara says, because the style of the way we eat these foods, because they're different, so therefore we treat them differently. No one's drinking a whole 750 milliliters of oil in a meal. I hope not. Wine, maybe. That's very possible. That's why the Gemara makes a, makes a distinction. Shemen, yesh, keva le'akhila, yayin, ain, keva shtia. People can always drink more. Tani, rebichia. Asu bebavel yain be'eretz Yisrael when it came to drinking beer in Bavel, that was equivalent to the Ots Yain in Eretz Yisrael. In that, people would, in fact, utilize those rooms during their meal. We ran out of beer. We're going to go down to the cellar and get more beer. That was in Bavel. So they were just kind. of, This is like a cultural, a cultural reference that the Gemara is making. Like, just want to let you know that the way people use wine cellars in Eretz Yisrael is the way we use we use beer cellars in Bavel. Just like it was like the practical analogy of the day. So the Gemara had to make sure that everybody knew what they were talking about. Some of them, before Shem point out, hey, Sheikhar is made from barley. That's chametz. You can't drink, but you can't drink chametz. So before Shem say, you're right, it must have been beer that was made from another source. It can't be beer that was made from, made from chametz. says Gamar 12 lines from the bottom. Amar Rav Chizda, what about uh, what about someone who has fish in their house? They want to, they have a, a collection of fish and they're planning to eat it on uh on, on Pesach. They dug him. if there's a storage of fish, ain't but in the tanaim. We have two sources in the tanaim. Some say you have to check the place where the fish are stored, and some say you don't. Says One is talking about these large, you know, 10 pound fish, whatever they are. Of course, those are, you know, that's a lot of food. You go to a brisk, they have this massive fish there. People are picking at it. It serves the whole room. However, Habazutra, you're eating tiny pieces of fish. You're eating herring. It's easy to run out. So of course that, if the room is a herring room, then you have to go check that room because you're going to be me You're going to say, we ran out of gefilte fish. You're going to go back in the room downstairs. You're going to be holding a piece of bread. You have to check. So that's how the Gemara makes a distinction between the braces that say you're required to check for for certain kinds of fish and not for others. Raba Bar-Raba, Raba bar huna the rooms where they would store salt and the rooms where they would store wax, Sorry, badika, wax of course they were using these for lights they didn't have electricity so those rooms were regular places where you'd be going in there any room that you regularly go to with hummus in hand you're obligated to check in my old house we had a crawl space i would never bring comments in that place i hated going in there i only had to go in there when i needed to and i was never with hummus there's no mitzvah for, for b'dika there i i went there that's not the point it's when you're being stopping when you go to get something with hummus in hand you don't eat in a nasty crawl crawl space that's filled with spiders that's just not my if you do that i guess if that's your thing that's great then you have to check for khamis but it's it's a very logical this all is very logical it's not like there's not like a uh, it's not like a, a unique chiddush of an idea for everything It's very practical wherever you bring food that's where you have to check amara papa bait sibe a place where you would store wood for fire of course you'd have to check uve tamre if there was a place where you were storing uh, dates so then sarkhudika tana we have a brisa questioning an idea that we learned earlier, and it said that you are not obligated to insert your hand into the to check for uh, to check The words are part of the brisa, so they're very important words. What does Mibriya Sakana mean? My, my Sakana. And we'll see a couple of answers here. We're going to throw out the first quick answer, but we'll keep the second. And then we have to figure out what the third one means as well. If you're scared about spiders and bugs and scorpions, if, you're, if that's what you're scared of, then, then how'd you use it in the first place? If you're so scared to stick your hand in there because of scorpion, then you, you for sure didn't use the space. So it can't be that the Sakana is scorpions because who would put their bread there? That's not normal. You would not use a place that's scary. So, done. That's not our concern. The Gemara rejects that. We're talking about a place where the place collapsed. And these are chorin who stuck in the building fell. But I used to have chametz in there. The building fell. So then, do I have to like kind of look through the rubble? So says the Gemara, no. You don't have to. I don't need you to tell me that. That's a brisa. I don't need you to tell me that. We have a mission. If a building falls on top of chomets, it's already been burnt. So why would I have a brysa to tell me that the case of Choram is has been a building fell when I have another Mishnah that says if the building falls, you don't have to abdika. That's, that's duplicative. I don't need that at all. Therefore, says you're right. There's a difference between these two cases. There's two different types of buildings that fall. One is that the building has so much rubble that the, the kel of the dog cannot access that space. And the second is hacha, our case is shakel Here, our case where we say that it's mipnea sakana is where the dog is able to get to it, we still say mipnea sakana, you're not required. That's what our mission is talking about. I, the famous Sugir and Shas, I know Rabbi Robinson gave a share on this last year. Shluche Mitzvah, Einon nizaken. How can you tell me you're not Chayib as sakana? It's a fundamental question on the Brysa. There is no sakana. You're doing a mitzvah. Shluchay mitzvah. no No one can get hurt. Answers the Gemara. Amaravashi. Shema tova lo machat. Maybe you lost something small, a needle, a small little trinket that, that you want to find. Ve'asi And while you're doing dikas chametz, you have in your mind, I'm going to look for two things. Dikas chametz and that thing that I dropped in the rubble. So we're concerned that you may have a split mindset. Unbelievable. Even though you're doing a mitzvah. But if your brain is partially elsewhere, you're not protected anymore by Shluchi Mitzvah and Nizakim. It's crazy. It says Gemara, you're, you're still doing the mitzvah. After all, the Hatanya, bottom line, the person's giving tzedakah, mitzvah. Why are they giving it? I'm not giving it only for the poor person. I have an ulterior motive also. I want to give tzedakah, but I want the tzedakah mabas, All I want all the benefits. So it says the Gemara, that person has done nothing wrong. Okay, you have two motives. So what? They're all wonderful. It's back. So what's our question? How can you tell me that you've lost just because you're also looking for another thing? You're still doing the mitzvah of Dikas Chamedz. That still should be protected under Shulchan Metzain and Izakin. Says the Gemara, you're absolutely right. It's okay to have two motivations. What was our concern here? Rav Nachman, Reyes, line. Dilma, top line. Dilma, Basar, Debadak, First, you do your Dikas, and then afterwards, like, oh, while I'm here, I'm going to do something else. Then the scorpion might bite you. Because then it's Shulchan and Izakin. Good. So that's answer number one, is that why does the Tosefta say that you're exempt from Choron nusak and you don't, have to, you don't have to stick your hand into, into rubble? We thought initially because Mignes Sakana says the Gemara, there's another possibility to rub. We were concerned about the Nachrim, and we'll see soon about Shafim, about them putting a curse on us, some type of witchcraft. And this is the, uh, the sheet of Plima, who was a Tana. What did he say? If you have a, a hole in between in the wall, between a Yehudi and an Armai, a, a Jew and a non-Jew. The Tana Kama says you extend your hand into the break in the wall for as far as you're able to. He's masking to Arto Sefta. Why is he maskim taartosefta? Why does he agree? My sakana, what are you worried about? If you're concerned about concerned about sakanas kshafim, ki ishtamish ishtamish. What would if if you were concerned about him with kshafim when you do b'dikas chametz, then how did you use the space in the first place? You walked over to it. Oh no, he's gonna be about kishuv. He would have thought that anytime you would have used it. In other words, you cannot possibly bring Hamas there. That's not, the Matthias doesn't work. They're mutually exclusive. You can't say you're worried about kshafen when you check the space and, and you still have chametz there. That's a stira. The Gemara says it's not possible. So therefore, what must have been hasam? Um, no. When was he actually using the space? without bringing about the concern of Kishu from his neighbor. There's regular usage, but all of a sudden, on the 14th of Nisan at night, the Jew walks out, it's night out, this Shiraga, who he walks out with a candle and a feather and the brown paper bag, and there's 10 pieces of chametz everywhere. The guy's like, Something weird is going on here. Now I'm going to put a curse on this person. That's what Plimo was talking about. So he says here, in this case, that's what we're concerned about. About the guy I asked the Gemara, the Rabbi Elazar, I don't understand. The guy, what about shluche Mitzvah? He's doing a mitzvah of Dikas Chametz. Why should I be concerned about that? He should be totally protected. So says the Gemara, a famous exclusion to the rule of Shluchem and, Mitzvah and the Gemara says as follows We're about 10 lines down. Where the risk is a prevalent risk, so then the rules of Shluchem Mitzvah Enonizakin don't apply. Done. There's no protection there. What is considered significant risk, the postgim? Some posts can bring this down to a halachic percentage, a number of percentage of concern. Is it seven, eight, nine, ten 10%, whatever the discussion is. So real shy in the post game. Can you bungee jump in halacha? Can you do, can you go skydiving? What are the percentages of risk? They're super low. What does low mean? Is it equally dangerous to cross the street? How do we define these things? Everything that has risk has risk. We have to measure what's allowed and what's not. So the Gemara says, <laughs> We have a text proof from no greater than the Abishur, Hakadosh Baruch Hu, gives us a proof himself that we embrace a concern when it's a real concern. What was the example? The pasuk in Shmuel. The pasuk says, mar, yomer Shmuel by, uh, what am I going to do? I don't want to be in this case scenario. Shaul is going to think I'm, I'm going to try and kill him. What does Hashem say back? By, by Hashem, He doesn't say, "Don't worry." What does He say? He says. I said, he says, "Eglas um, Why doesn't he say? Why doesn't he say shluch e mitzvah? Because hecha de'shria shiny There is this is Hashem talking. There's no shluch e mitzvah in a case where the danger is Shriach. And because Shaul was dangerous in this case, and I've every right to be concerned. So therefore, Shmuel uh, had every right to be concerned. So therefore, we were going to, therefore we were going to say that eglas uh, bakar, you should come away uh, so that you don't look like you're guilty. Next, we are, oh, so we just answered the Tosefta. It helped because it didn't look like he was coming to kill him, which was the concern. It was just, it was circumventing Shaul's mindset. So the Gemara, so we just answered the Tosefta. We were talking in the Tosefta. The Tosefta said that you you don't have to go uh, because of Sakana. What was the Sakana? We saw two answers. We saw the answer of a building that had fallen and uh, and a dog may or may not have access to it. So we said you're a sakana. No, you don't have to do that. I shulche We were concerned that maybe one would follow the other. You do the mitzvah first, and then look for something that was lost. So therefore, shulche mitzvah uh, wouldn't apply there. And the second answer was plimo that we were afraid uh, of kishu. Good. We're about ten lines down. Uh, two lines before the wider line it says the gemara. But oh my gosh, it's late. The, 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 the Talmidim of Rab lived in a place. They lived in a, in a relatively dangerous neighborhood. Are they allowed to leave in the morning and come back at night? I mean, early in the morning, before sunrise and after dark, Rashi explains. Is there in such a case, says the Gemara? They can show up and it's on me. Okay, that's Nesu. That's showing up in the morning in the dark before, before they can come for Shachras. They can come for Vasikin. What about on the other side? Can they go home? He said, I don't know the answer. Then we have another statement from the Amorite. He answers for both. Not only are you protected on the way there, but even after you did the mitzvah, you're protected on the way home. Oh, beautiful! Come who is this like? Says the Gemara third line of the White Landski. Hi Tana, like the following brayzer. Ditanya, Isi ben Yehuda, Omer, Kila Amra Torah. The Torah says when a person is Ola leregel, below yachmod, ish esar zecha, no one's going to want your land. You're going to leave your land totally free, and no one's going to take it. A promise from a Baruch Hu by Ola leregel. So it says the Gemara. Melamed. What do we learn from there? This is what the brayzer writes. Shete paroscha robe efer. Your animals are going to be uh, grazing in the dirt. Bein chayim azikta. No animals are going to mm-hmm. attack them. And uh, it's going to be stealing food from the garbage. No animals will kill that animal. The animals that are the predators in this case, who promises they won't attack. Come on. The people are protected on the way back from, from Aliya Laregal. We're promised that the animals that are predatorial won't be predatorial. And the Kalb Homer is just like they who are predatorial. So we're, we're, we're also, we're going to be fine. No human beings are going to attack us. We're going to be protected. So it says the Gemara, how do we know it's on the way back? I, I inserted those words, but that's not actually what the words say. How do I know that even on the way back? a mafurish Pasuk, Lomar. The Pasuk says, what is the early part of the Pasuk? I'll read the whole thing. You'll do, you'll do your korban pesach and you'll eat the chaburah b'makom hashayivchar Hashem al-okecha. and then when you're done then you'll go home. That's a pasuk. made. what does the pasuk teach us? Halfway down, you'll get home. Everything's gonna be fine. You're protected. Shluchem mitzvah in both directions. So then, ask the gemara, brilliant question. If you're already telling me you have protection on the way home, if I'm already protected after I haven't even done, I've already done the mitzvah on my way home. So, if I already have protection on the way home from Mitzvah, mm-hmm. why do I? You already promised me that I'm going to be fine after the Mitzvah. although Of course, I'm going to be protected on the way to the Mitzvah. That's obvious. Says the Gemara, he's explaining one of the psukim that we saw above that when a person does not have karka, uh, karka they have no mitzvah of aliyah the regal. Uh, beautiful marsha on the back. No time because we only have uh, seven Can minutes till Maariv. I don't know. I, think so, I presume. A few blocks ago, we had a rebbe who was he was in that other city. Oh, what was it so called? And they were the question, By the Armenian, uh-huh? the Armenian, the Arma, the guy who was eating.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Right. And you yeah. Reviewed of him to Sarah. Correct. Correct. Because it's why because he didn't, didn't have mine and that's where go. Oh, that was Tosos there. Right. I think Tosos might have said that answer. Yeah. Yep. That's a beautiful argument. Yeah. So we probably keep it. We should all own some property. Last look for the night. Mm-hmm. Beautiful sweet fruits. Why are these particular sweet fruits not here? They're up by the kineret. Why didn't the Kaddish Baruch plant the beautiful sweet fruits in Yerushalayim? So the Gemara gives a beautiful answer to make sure that we say the shame shamayim. Because, we were afraid that if someone was going to do what were we concerned about? Oh, the fruits are so good. I'm afraid that maybe I will... I'll say when I get to Shalim Dayenu, even if I wouldn't have brought the Korban Pesach, Nimte Saliyah Shalom Lishma. K'adosh Baruch Hu moved the Peyros, you know, I didn't move them, we planted them in another place so that we would not have something that is so good that may distract us from the beauty and the Lishma aspect of Aliyah Regal. Similarly, Kayotse Bo-Omar Abduzai Bar-Rabiyanai Ibnei Ma'en Hametz bar why is it that the Hametzveria are not in Yerushalayim? These warm, wonderful places of natural, natural hot water that healing powers, as related another Masechtah says, the Gemara similar answer. We were concerned that people might have been Ola the Ragel, Shalolishma, Vinimte Saliya, Shalolishma, they would have gone up for the wrong reasons. We're going to stop right here. Mr. Shem will pick up tomorrow by Uvame Amru, Bayes Shuras Pamartep, and we'll finish up the last section of this Mishnah that we started with on Dafbez. Have a beautiful night.